He goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Yeah, listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. All right, we're rolling on the second hour. Julie Tsheri and Mike DiStefano. It's Leafs Lunch. Leafs coming off a 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. Craig Button will join us in the next five or so minutes, but it's December 1st, A.B., uh, we both had to send our Toronto rents today, which was tragic. And also, we can look back on this nice month of November. Because... Before, before we do that, um, I had like... Tell uh, me. Just because I had a couple of my Black Friday purchases show up in the mail mm. in the past couple of days. And I realized how like adult I've had to be over my purchases over the last little bit. Like yeah. I bought a power drill last month and I was like That's very this adult. might be the most manly adulting thing I've ever bought in my life. Like, <laughs> I am not a a handyman, but like I struggle putting up shelving on my on my walls. Okay. I am not that guy. So that was one purchase I made. But then on, on Black Friday, I had two purchases that I had to make. One was a TV, which uh, that's a perfectly normal For one. For your condo? For my condo. Okay. I wanted to put one up in my room. The other one that I made, a vacuum cleaner. And oh. I sought this thing out you? to go and buy a vacuum like one of those little stick vacuums. Yeah, what was it? Was it a Dyson? What was it? Listen a Sharknado or not, whatever it is? I did not win the lottery, so I could not afford a Dyson. <laughs> but it's some sort of Dyson-esque like, knockoff. It, I love it. It still cost me like a couple hundred bucks, and, and I got it on sale. I but... actually got a refurbished Dyson. Maybe I should have went that way. Balling on a budget, baby. Balling on a budget. Me. But either way, I, was, I, I came in yesterday, and I'm putting this thing together. And I'm like, man, where's the time gone where now I'm sitting here in my life where I'm getting super stoked and excited about purchasing a vacuum. That is what my life has come to. Maybe this morning, you and I spent 10 minutes talking about Shopper's Optimum Points. <laughs> I wish sales at Shopper's, like we're going for the senior oh, day on man. Thursday. Yeah, we're the oldest, like, 20-year-olds, 90s kids of all time. In the world. Anyways... Back to the Leafs. Uh, that is hilarious. <laughs> it was a great month of November between your Black Friday shopping and yeah. the Leafs tear. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm remembering a show about a month ago and things now more than a month ago. We're in disarray. And I, I feel like if we went back, we could actually find the direct quote. But I'm, I could feel it coming out of my mouth. And I think I said something along the lines of, how could we expect the Leafs to replicate the November from last year? And lo and behold. They bettered it. They did an even better job. Yeah. 25 of 30 points, which thanks to our stats gurus here at uh, TSN, Kevin Gibson came out and, and, and found the numbers and said that is the most points that they picked up in a single calendar month in franchise history. How many times have we said franchise history in the last two years? Honestly, a lot. A I feel lot. like we're kind of spoiled. More than maybe uh, in comparison to the Leafs teams. Here, I'm going to push back in the on last that. 15 I'm gonna years. I'm going to push back on that. I'm going to push back okay. on that. Okay. In comparison to Andy, maybe Andy had to sit here uh, for a lot of losses. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in comparison to Andy, all I'm saying is they still have not won a playoff round. So I don't yes. know how spoiled Leaf fans necessarily are. 
No, no, like, no. Okay. Spoiled in terms of uh, obviously not playoff success. There's no way to feign that. But spoiled in terms of being able to watch good hockey. Being able to watch good hockey. Being able good to watch players. like the fact that Mitch Marner in a hundred years plus of Maple Leafs history has cemented himself at the very top uh, of a record has his name against two guys that are legends in in leaf history it's pretty it's pretty incredible like even austin matthews last year with the goal record think about 100 plus years of leafs hockey nobody's ever scored 60 goals nobody's ever no one scored 55 and he was like yeah 55 he stuck his nose up at that watching history night in and night out up is is pretty incredible is. stuff. I, I, maybe so. Are, maybe what you're getting at is like, are we taking it for granted a little bit? Do we? Need I think to sometimes sit maybe back, we do. Big picture and appreciate the hockey that's being played right now by this team. Yeah. Because we're being treated to greatness, realistically, like on a night in night out basis. They're setting records, franchise records that are hundreds of years old. We we do need to sit here and appreciate it. We get into the day to day minutia of things just because totally. what we do on the show, but big picture. You're right. I think that we, as Leaf fans in the year 2022, have been um, witness to some pretty special hockey. Yes, absolutely. Anytime you hear franchise record, um, but for a franchise is this old, it's yeah. just incredible. Craig's there right now? Yes. Mr. Craig Button. How's it going, Craig? Our TSN hockey analyst, Craig Button, joins us on the phone right now. How are you? Uh, I'm good, but I get to weigh in right off the bat. You do? Absolutely. So- yeah, here's here's how I would here's how I would position it. For a long time with the Toronto Maple Leafs, there was no hope. <laughs> the season started at point the blank. End of the year you're right. There, there was no hope, and so not like despite as, as AD, you talk about no playoff success, but there's hope, and and when hope isn't realized, there's disappointment, right? And and that's what that's what's happened in the last playoffs. But there's real hope with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and, and that is significant and should be celebrated. Real hope should be celebrated. I completely agree. And right now we're in the midst of celebrating Mitch Marner and his incredible feat uh, in tying the Leafs franchise, rec- franchise record for the longest point streak. Craig, we were talking about the top 50 list and the fact that Marner was, I believe, the 12th player consensus, consensus on that list. If you were to make a mid-season one right now, would he slide into your top 10? Top five. Top five. I like it. Go off, Craig, please. I need to know the reasons why. Well, okay. So, like, he's a top performer in the league with the puck and without the puck. And in every situation uh, over the course of a game. And, you know, it's hard to get get points in five straight games, let alone 18 straight games. And, you know, you think about – uh, you know, Mitch and where the Toronto Maple Leafs have found themselves with all the injuries, the goaltending injuries. You know, some of the players have sacrificed. Uh, I'm talking about the, the four offensive players, you know, to, to help out a little bit more defensively. But Mitch Marner's defensive game is, is superb. I mean, you, we look at the points and everything, but his, his defensive metrics are outstanding. So you put it all together and you talk about performance, and, and the top 50 list is about who are going to be, when we do that list at the end of the year, who are going to be the best performers in the coming season? I don't think there's any question Mitch Marner's in the top five. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is hard to argue. We had Mike Kelly on a couple of days ago, and we were just talking about that. I think at that point he was he was at 16 or 17, 
And he was saying, yeah, it's impressive what he's doing offensively, but look at his defensive net metrics, and they're all top 10 among all forwards in the NHL during that stretch of, of 17 games at the time. So you're right. He's doing it on, on, on both sides of the ice. And, you know, I'm curious, Craig, because clearly you scouted him when, when you know, in his draft year when he was with the London Knights, and, you know, you would have had him on, on your board and talked about him and, and, you know, scouted him excessively. Did you ever anticipate that he could have been this type of 200-foot player back then? Uh, you know what? I, maybe not a 200-foot player in his draft year. The next year I did because Dale Hunter put him in every single spot on the ice, every single spot in the lineup. I mean, there, there was some talk at one point in time, could Mitch be the center? And Dale used him at center. Dale used him at center. I remember going in there one night, and the line was Kachuk on the left wing, Matthew, Kristen Dvorak in the middle, and Mitch Marner on the right wing. He wasn't really happy with their play. He thought that they were getting away from some of the important details and some of the competitive areas of the game. And I, before the game, I'm sitting with Dale. Dale goes, they're all playing Saturday night. They're playing a part, and they're all going to grind. And they're going to kill penalties, and I'm going to have them blocking shots. And he goes, that's what they need to get back to. And so, you know, when you have a coach like Dale who is going to not only help you get better, but help you understand different aspects of the game that are critically important, and I've talked to Mark Hunter, who was with the Leafs when they drafted Mitch Marner, and I've talked to, to Mark about this a lot over the years. And you think about it. Mitch Marner's playing minute-20-second shifts. Well, to play minute-20-second shifts or minute-30-second shifts in junior hockey, you've got to be smart, and you've got to be understanding, okay, I can't just chase around, I can't just float, because Dale wasn't going to just allow you to play a minute-30 by floating. And this is Mark. Mark's comment to me, he said, you know, after he finishes with Dale, it might be easier to play in the NHL because you're not going to play that many minutes. And now you've learned how to manage all the different aspects of the game. So I think Dale Hunter deserves a tremendous amount of credit for taking the fourth overall pick. And when he came back to junior, making him the player you see today. And let's keep in mind, he was the most outstanding player in the OHL. Mm -hmm. they, won the, the, they won the Memorial Cup. You don't do that by just being a one-way player. Yeah, I feel and like... Sorry, Craig, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. Yeah, Julia, I'm done. Yeah, I feel like people forget about that. The, his Memorial Cup when they talk about Mitch Marner not being able uh, to win. How do you like... forget? Apparently, he talks about it nonstop. <laughs> yeah, call-out video. That's all he talks about in the locker room. I don't apparently. blame him. It was it was quite the feat. But Craig, when you think about Mitch Marner um, and how he's developed in, in his time since you scouted him with the London Knights up till now, the player he is. Uh, we've been hearing some, like David Quinn yesterday, saying that the Leafs look kind of di different. Steve Eiserman was giving them a little bit of love yesterday, too. Are you noticing maybe a little bit more maturity in this group, or is that something they can only prove come playoff time? Well, I mean, uh, if you recall three weeks ago, you know, the Leafs had come back from that, uh, that West Coast trip, or just about three weeks ago. It wasn't very, it wasn't a very good trip, but they played a really good game in their first game. Yeah, and I, I think AB, you asked me, like, have they shown you anything? Yeah. I said, yeah, for one game. I said, they showed me something for one game. And they're going to need to show me a lot more over an extended period of time. I said at the outset of this year, I know how much talent the Leafs have and everything that goes with it, question marks, whatnot. But I was going to evaluate them on how they go through the process. Their terms, not mine. How they're going to prepare themselves to go through the season to be ready come playoff time. Because they said their ultimate goal is to compete for the Stanley Cup. That's how I was going to evaluate them. So 
in the first part of the season, I said it was mediocre. Since they've returned from that West Coast trip and all their injuries that they have, massively impressed with the way they played. As Steve Eisenman has spoken, as David Quinn did yesterday. So I think that that's significant. Because to me, it's not about proving it to me. They need to show it to themselves. They need to show it to themselves. Words just become words unless they're followed by actions. And to me, with with a lot of their challenges, you know, I I keep talking about they get those injuries. And they got to go into Carolina on a Sunday afternoon. That's a really hard game. And Eric Schalgren delivers. They lose T.J. Booty. They lose Jake Muzzin. They lose Morgan Riley. Listen, the league is set up where, like, nobody's feeling sorry for you if you have injuries. you got to go and perform. you got to find ways to win. That's playoff hockey. You know, did the Tampa Bay Lightning just throw their arms up when Braden Point got hurt in Game 7? No. Did they throw their arms up when, when Steven Stamkos was unable to play and route to their first Stanley Cup a couple years ago, the, the, which was their second in franchise history? No. That's what the Leafs are showing, and they're showing it to themselves, and I think it's really impressive. It's funny because a buzzword that was thrown around a lot last year was Stanley Cup habits. Mm. We haven't talked a whole lot about that this year, and maybe it's because of the way that the season kind of you know, got underway, and then there was just other stuff, and Keith was saying some nonsense early on in the year. But it really does feel like lately we've seen a lot more of those Stanley Cup habits in terms of the team just playing complete, they're playing connected, and they're finding different ways to win games. And, and I think that's really an encouraging sign here for Toronto. Well, it is. Let's go back to last night's game, okay? So you have Pierre Engvall scoring the winning goal. Mm-hmm. Who, 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 who scored the key goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 7 last year? It was Nick Paul. Yep. Yeah, okay? Nick Paul does so, it all. So, yeah, well, and so <laughs> you, you, you look at where you need contributions from, right? Like, it, it would be great, and, and I mean, if you just go, okay, we can pencil in Austin Matthews for a goal here, and not much Marno for a goal here tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. You know, other teams have good players, and when you get into the playoffs, it, the, the, the bad teams are gone. They're gone right from the first round. 16 teams are, 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 are planning for the next season. They're out. So now you're playing against good teams. And so now it requires, to your point, A.B., connect, connectivity, you know, cohesion, you know, like how you're going to work together, how you're going to commit, all those things about you use the term Stanley Cup habits. There's lots of ways to talk about it. But that's what it takes. And I think that during this stretch where the Toronto Maple Leafs have been without really good players, you've seen other players just really stuff. And and it it doesn't always show up on the score sheet. It starts with the goaltenders making key saves. When when, when a defenseman that might not be quite ready, you know, makes a mistake. So he's ready. And at these moments in time, what you need is everybody to max out on their abilities and capabilities. That's what happens come Stanley Cup playoff time. It's not about just your best players being your best players. It's everybody being the best they can be. We've seen that from the Leafs during this stretch. Yeah, absolutely. So the season started and scoring was kind of hard to come by for the Leafs. And and everybody was pointing at the top guys. You mentioned it's not always so easy to just circle Marner for a goal, circle Matthews for a goal. Uh, The depth that they put together hadn't really been performing at that point. Have you liked the way that the bottom six has come together over this stretch? Yeah, absolutely, Julia. And, 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 and I think it's, it's, it's a couple of things. Number one, they're being counted on to deliver. You know, it, not, not that players are looking to just kind of stay in the, back, in the background or whatnot, but you, you get these types of injuries, and Sheldon Keith and the coaches have, 
We need you to be at your very best. You know, I, I say this, good coaches come in and I say, I'm not going to ask you to do more than you're capable of doing, but I need everything you have. And good coaches also put players into the best spots to give them the best that they have. And I think that, you know, when, you, when, when you're introducing new players into a lineup, integrating new players into the lineup, th- th- there is times where coaches trying to get comfortable with them, players are trying to get comfortable with one another. But absolutely, I think that when you look at the contributions deeper down the lineup, it's not just in Pierre Engdahl scoring the winning goal against San Jose. It, it, it's a commitment to say, you know what, we're, we're going to make sure we, we, we don't make a bad play with a puck. We're going to make sure that we're coming back hard. You know, think about the play last night that led to the winning goal. David Camp, yeah. he, he's, not, he, he's not lingering. He is back hard to position. Well, Thomas Hurdle tries to make a play through the middle of the ice. David Camp intercepts it. Boom. Kerr puts the next guy in there. End goal to position. Winning goal. That's what matters. The, it, it turned into a goal, but if David Camp doesn't say, I'm coming back hard through the middle of the ice here and making sure that they don't transition against our defense with an odd man rush, that, that, who knows where it goes from there. That's the things that are, that are significant contributions. Uh, as Mike Babcock used to say, you'll, you'll find some offense through good defense. And uh, mm. I mean, we're seeing, it, we're seeing we it more and more. It's starting to come a little clearer. But now they've got the, kind of the guns that, that are able to kind of get it done, unlike those earlier iterations. Uh, we're chatting with Craig Button, our TSN hockey analyst. Um, a guy who we haven't really spent much t- time talking about today. And, and over the course of the last month, we've, we've started to give him his flowers. But quietly, William Nylander... He's been overshadowed, I guess, by this point streak that uh, Mitch Marner has, has had, but he's been outstanding over the course of the last little bit. He's got nine goals his last 12 or 13 games, point-per-game player over the course of this uh, month of November. And today marks the four years since Nylander signed that six-year contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Look at back on that, Craig. I mean, how silly do the haters of this deal look now? Listen, I, I can only tell you this. You know... And, and I've been very vocal about this. I'm part of the William Nylander fan club. Mm. I, I hear always soft. He's just, no, he isn't. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, a very gifted player, a very talented player, and a very important player. And we can look back in time and say, okay, they could have done this and done that. I, I did a, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish with William, with my comment I made last night about Darnell Nurse. It's a great contract. Everybody says trade Nylander. You can trade Nylander easy. Easy. With that contract and his productivity, you can trade him easy. Try getting a good return on him. Good luck. That's all I'm going to tell you. Good luck. Good luck. And you know what? I think that, I think, and I said this numerous times, William Nylander is unfairly maligned. And the people that want to malign him, ask your own questions because, and ask the questions of yourself. This is a really good hockey player and a really key player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the contracts, it's, it's a fantastic contract. And the reason, you know, we can look at the time and go, oh, my God, why did they give him that much money? You know, well, why did he give Austin Matthews just under $12 million? That's what 60 goal scorers get. Why, why does Mitch Marner get, you know, just under $11 million or whatever it is? And, you know, well, that's what first-team all-star right wings get. So don't tell me they're overpaid because they're not. And like Darnell Nurse, I'm hearing a lot about Darnell Nurse. Oh, my God, can you believe they gave him that contract? Here's what I'm going to say. He played 28 minutes last night. No, he played almost 29. He was just a few seconds short of 20. He plays 24 minutes a night. He's a really unique player in the way he plays. And with the cap going up 
and everything that, that that's positive about the revenues in the NHL, I guarantee you in two years' time, that contract's going to look great for Darnell Nurse. Yeah. Just make- like the contract today looks great for William Nylander because his productivity is good, and Darnell's not going to fall off just like William's not going to fall off. Yeah, we need a crow buffet in Toronto because it feels like there's a lot of crow to be eaten in terms of in terms of contracts and maybe even in terms of goalie acquisitions, Craig. Matt Murray has looked good so far this season. Samsonov went back into the game last night and looked really, really good. Where are you at with the Leafs goaltending right now? Let, 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 let's go through this. In, in any type of situation, the, you know, when a manager is assessing his team, there's, you, you're looking at, at solutions. So they knew they were losing Jack Campbell, so they got to find solutions in the net. There's going to be risk, but you're looking at the reward. I, I, I felt at the time, and I said this, hey, listen, getting Matt Murray, uh, you know, came with probably with more risk than anybody would like. But when, when he signed Samson off at the same time and put Matt Murray into a tandem situation and, and did that, I, I, I thought that that mitigated, uh, that, that lowered the, the, the risk. And, and mitigated against the downside. If it was just Matt Murray, I would say, geez, you know what, That's a, the, the risk is really big. Samsonoff is 25 years old. Great when goaltenders are coming into their own. He had performed in stretches which were really good. And I thought that the two of them combined signed was a really, was a, was, was a solid move together. Did it come with risk? Yeah, it came with risk. And certainly when Matt Murray got hurt, everybody, oh yeah, you know, here, don't be surprised. And, and you shouldn't be. But from that point in time, it's not just Ilya Samsonov. It's not just Matt Murray. Eric Schalgren has to come into the mix, too, here. Yeah. He, the three of them, the trio of goaltenders, has been excellent for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And there should be no questions at this point in time about the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending. You know, again, risk-reward. And, and Kyle sized up the risk, and, but the reward there is being seen. And I, I, I think it's incredibly important and certainly something that, uh, that has really helped the Leafs here through this stretch of, of defenseman injuries. And, Julia, I will add one more thing. I had to eat crow a couple years ago. Oh, I remember. When the Montreal Canadiens, yeah. Well, you seasoned you it what. up. You had a little uh, sauce on it. It was okay. Uh, I did. <laughs> and, and that cause gave me a really good wine recommendation to eat. Oh, with the beautiful. Okay, so, so, so if anybody wants to, get, wants to know how to prepare crow. Yeah, is that a red or a white? It, and, uh, it was a Merlot. Okay. And so I'm just, I remember very clearly. And you know what? So if anybody wants to take the part and eat the crow, I can do it. And I think Jennifer Hedger has pictures. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Craig, uh, appreciate the chat as always, pal. Uh, we'll chat again next week. <laughs> yeah, we will. Have a great day. Thanks. You as well. There he goes. Craig J. Button, or TSN hockey analyst. You're right, though. Like, there, there are a lot of people here who've got to eat some crow on a lot of things. William Nylander contract, that's turned out. There is no contract, I think, in NHL history that I have had to defend and debate about more than the Nylander contract. Like, right. to me and my buddies back in the day when that deal was signed, the amount of arguments I got, like, people are like, are you kidding me? Seven million dollars for this guy. He doesn't yeah. do anything. This, that, and I'm like, Kate, listen, is he worth seven million, six point nine, whatever it is? Is he worth that contract today? Maybe not. But two, three years from now, that'll be a bargain. And guess what it is? A bargain. It's an, well, I'm just the six point nine yeah. is an average value. Yeah. So is that worth that exact contract today? No. But then it'll be worth more than that 
four or five years from now, which is where we are now today, yeah. and it is considered a bargain. So the average value works out, people. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, clearly the Maple Leafs saw him at a very young age and said, this kid's got talent. And we all knew that. We knew that, that, that he had talent. The question marks were more so off puck play, right? Like he was e- elite when he had the puck on his stick. And what we've seen, the elevation from William Nylander, like I'm thinking last night's game a couple of times, I, I saw that guy really working hard. I mean, you look at the goal from, from Austin Matthews. Yeah. That's a one-puck battle from William Nylander. Wins the battle against a defenseman, and then gets the puck around the net, finds Hollowell. Great feed, by the way, by Mac Hollowell. Beauty. We didn't mention his name. Cheddar. Shout out to my uh, Niagara boy out there, Mac Hollowell. Oh, yeah. But a great feed, but that, that goal was set up by William Nylander, Doing the dirty work, the grunt work, and, and sure, it's a secondary assist, but that is the type of stuff that I think we've seen the elevation in his game that's made him just a, a real, blossoming into a real talent in this league. Yeah, you're right, AB. It's a lot of crow to go around. Crow buffet needed somewhere somewhere around here for people to stop by. Yeah, potentially we can find it here at uh, <laughs> Channel 9. We can set it up and... Lots of people can come through and, and stuff their bellies yeah. on that one. All right. Uh, on the other side, JT, it's Thursday. So as we do each and every week, we'll do our Thursday three-pack. What we're going to do this week, we're going to look at what sports memorabilia or items we would like to have in our collections, like in possession. If we could have, own a piece of history, what would we like? This coming off of Mitch Marner making history and the jersey from that game currently in auction right now at Real Sports. We'll update you what that price is up to and uh, do our Thursday three-pack. So that's coming up next. I'm Mike DiStefano with Juliet DeSherry, listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Just, yeah, a little bit of a sigh of relief. I mean, like I said, like the first uh, two tries, we're just like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> just put it in the net and let's go home, you know? Like, let's get this over with. And um, so, yeah, we're just we're having some fun there, just laughing. And just, uh, like I said, just really happy that uh, it ended up going in. I think that's how we all felt watching that last night. I feel like I want to get put it in the net, let's go home, what are you doing, tattooed on me somewhere. Because I felt good. it so often in my life yeah. when watching this hockey team. <laughs> put it on a t-shirt, it'll sell out in uh, in, in mere hours. That's got to be an all-timer Austin quote. It was, good. It was delivered so doing? casually that it flew a little under the radar, but... Uh, uncontestedly hilarious. Like, yeah. ultimately hilarious. Um, but the jersey from last night, so yeah. I, I, I kind of talked about it. We talked about it yesterday, how I... I just me being like a, a, a collector of, of memorabilia cards. I'm a nerd when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I, I immediately, when I heard that they were being auctioned off, thinking to myself, okay, what's this going to fetch? Yeah. there are collectors out there that would love... To have this piece of history, just knowing that in that jersey, he set the record for most points um, in consecutive games. Uh, 18 game point streak, I guess, was this is how we'll say because my mouth is. I Anyways. understand. <laughs> uh, and it's currently at $15,000, is currently what the bid wow. is right now. I expect for that to go way higher, though. Like, so the bid's open until. December 3rd at 8.06 p.m. For whatever reason, 8.06 is the number. Um, so if you want this jersey, you can go get it. You're going to have to pay a lot of money to go. But between the hours of like 7.30 and 8.06 p.m. on December 3rd, 
I expect for some heavy hitters to enter the chat. Yeah, this is going to go for uh, for a pretty penny. I, I guarantee it. And all the proceeds um, are, are going to ALS Action Canada too. So it's a two for one. It, it's you're, you're getting a piece of history, and the money's going to a great cause too. Um, so nice. So yeah. So definitely, that's something that I'll be tracking. Funny enough, like I'm just looking online too, just to see what the other ones, because all of the jerseys from last night are being sold. Austin Matthews, unsurprisingly, also very expensive. That is up to twelve thousand uh, dollars right now. 34 bids currently. Wow, that's which is lucky. Kind of, kind of funny. The most wild one that I am looking at right now, which is blowing my mind, there are 13 bids currently for Eric Schalgren's jersey, which he didn't wear last night, but I believe he was in net when they wore these earlier in the year, which is why I think it's still considered like a game worn oh, okay. jersey. This thing's right now currently at like $5,000. That is so interesting, and I'm like you puzzling. can get Riley for seventeen hundred. I'd love to interview and Shalgren's five grand. Whoever is betting on these, Michael Bunting's thirty-two hundred, yeah. Gio thirty-five, Engvall game-winning goal, thirteen hundred. <laughs> nice, <laughs> so nice, kind nice, of, uh, nice. Yeah, you know, something that we can keep uh, keep an eye yeah, on. Yeah, I'm interested to see how much for. that actually ends up fetching. Yeah, uh, but it lends you thinking about what we would want to have from moments in NHL history, a Thursday three-pack AB of memorabilia we wish we had from some of our favorite hockey moments for our Thursday three-pack. Count to three? Yeah. That's your big advice, count to three? Yeah. Whenever you get scared about anything, you just do this. Just count to three and then do it. So I give you to the count of three. One, two, three, not only you and me, got one eighty Okay, uh, let's go three to one, back and forth. My number three is Marie-Philippe Poulain's stick from the gold medal game of the 2021 Women's World one. Championships in the bubble. She got the golden goal. It was, it was, uh, it was like a, for that. Yeah. So like you have a personal connection to that. It was the first world championship I covered. It was cool. It was in the bubble still, so there was a little bit of added mystique to it. The goal was scored, and, and the game kept going, a la Patrick Kane moment. And, and <laughs> she, uh, knew. she knew. She knew it was in there. She knew the moment it was in the net. I have the best photo of her from that moment. Uh, and Canada had lost to the U.S., I think, five years in a row at yeah. the five world championships in a row. Got them back in the wagon. They've been winning since that tournament. So that one is cool to me. That's a good one. One that I'd like to have in my collection. It's a little bit of a cheat here. But the four pucks, along with the official game I love that. sheet from Matthew's debut. Could you imagine if you got your hands on all four of those pucks and the game sheet? You could put it in a nice little frame that has pucks. And so then like good. Get it fra- that would look so cool. And so cool. Like There's displayed. the most amazing photo of Austin Matthews with all four pucks yeah. in his hand. And he looks like such a there. baby in that picture. He is. It's he's a child. crazy. He's a young, young man at the time. And now he's a grown man with a mustache. He's Mr. Mustache. Yeah. So um, that would be really cool to, to, own, to own those. Those piece of history of... Uh, the Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, this one is also women's hockey related. The first Women's World Championships was in 1990 in Ottawa. TSN was on that broadcast. I've Shout heard out. some wild stories from, from that tournament. <laughs> but one of the wildest things is the fact that Hockey Canada thought it was a dandy idea to give in the first international tournament uh, in their first World Championships gold, pink rather, jerseys to Team Canada. They were pink <laughs> Team Canada jerseys, and I, I know from talking to the girls that they absolutely hated them at the time. And I can't—I've—I've I've 
scoured the internet, AB, trying to find one of these jerseys. And the girls hated them so much that they just wanted nothing to do with them because they were so cheesed that they got pink Team Canada jerseys. But now yeah. it's almost like time has made them kind of iconic. And, and I, Canada redid them a few years ago. But I want an original one. Now it's like commemorative in a way. Yeah. At, at this point, it's like, oh, this is... It's a Very piece of special. history, even though it was kind of lame at the time. Now it's like a fun kind of ironic piece of, of history. A lot of things are like that. Yes. Like, a, a lot of things are like that, especially in the collectibles market. It's like things that are seem so mundane and in the present time that turn out to be like the perfect example, which is way off topic and way off radar, but Pokemon cards. Yeah. I don't know if you were a Pokemon person back when you were a kid. Yes, if I was or if I wasn't. I don't think you were. I 100% was not. No. no but <laughs> it made like a couple years, I guess, before, because I think it was like the early yeah, 2000s. Yeah, I have a lot of friends really who are into that sort of thing. Yogi, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. as well was like right after that. But at the time, you had no idea that these things were going to be worth thousands of mm, dollars yeah. 20 years down the line. And here you are, same thing, the 1990s Canada pink jerseys didn't know that they were going to be so uh, beloved, I guess, 30 years down the line as much as they are. And I think that's pretty cool that uh, that you'd like to have one of those ga- one of those from, from uh, the World Championships. For myself, I'm, I'm also going to stick with some uh, Canadian hockey history yep. folklore. Could you imagine if you were able to get your hands on Paul Henderson's jersey when he scored the goal at the 72 Summit Series, the jersey he wore in that game? That would, be <laughs> that would be incredible. I wonder, you think that's in the Hall of Fame? Uh, it's got to be, funny right? Funny enough, it was sold a uh, few years back, I think in oh, 2017. Oh, you were tracking it. 2017, it sold at auction. What do you think it sold for? Oh, I don't want to be like $35,000. You're going to be extremely wrong, so I'm going to hold your embarrassment. Yeah. $1.25 <gasps> million. See, maybe I underestimate jersey. the amount of... Ever since that Wayne Gretzky rookie card went for like a couple million, yeah. I feel like I just have not understood the world of... Gretzky's final jersey. He set, he set a new record for jersey sales. Gretzky's final jersey that he wore in his final game as an oiler in the cup final. Yeah surpassed uh the mark it was just this past summer surpassed the mark for of the 72 summit series jersey 1.4 million dollars for that oh game my gosh. From his final game as an oiler in the stanley cup final i wonder who has that hanging in their fancy well, some basement. very rich person uh okay we got to quickly get through these last couple here my my number one the crosby if i can get the stick yeah. from the golden goal the stick and the puck potentially display them both together along with a photo maybe signed by crosby with the the celebration with him just you know hands out everyone knows that what the photo looks oh, yeah. like that would be incredible for me to have in, in my collection i want the puck that was number 60 for Austin Matthews mm. last year. That's my number one. Uh, it's probably my, it might be my fondest, fondest memory as a Leaf fan, AB. pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good, honestly. And and, and I, I think that it's pretty incredible that, uh, you know, it's out there somewhere. I it mean, is. I think Matthews probably has it. But His mom probably has it. I think know. I remember him saying maybe that. Maybe it becomes available. Maybe Julia could buy it one day. Or <laughs> maybe you find it in a random trunk wow. someday. Um, but I've always thought that, you know, these are pretty cool. Uh, Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards. Availed by Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. Uh, we'll be right back here on TSN 1050. You're listening to Leafs Lunch. First up with Karolnik and Koliakovo, weekday morning 6 till 10 on TSN 1050. You ain't first, you're last. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh yeah. I get my Share 
going to love this holiday season with McDonald's. Text the keyword HOLIDAY and your name to 105050 for your chance to win a $200 McDonald's gift card. Feeling festive? Enjoy a peppermint mocha or hot chocolate paired with a freshly baked festive ginger RMHC cookie or McCafe creme brulee Lil donut available at participating locations. Um, Pat Maroon, beauty move yesterday, AB. And he, was, he got some stupid comment from a commentator while he was playing about his weight, and he had just the best response. Uh, he made a donation to a mental health and association for people who are struggling with body image and, and bullying and, and mental illness. So no better way to respond than that. And I think it's raised up to $50,000 now. Well, the best part is he donated it in the name of Jack Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> the announcer who was a clown, made a clown comment. Yeah. He, he, I think but, he was trying to like make a joke. He went on to say something I don't like, know. Yeah, either it's way, it's, it's just so dumb. Why ever? So but, rude. But uh, absolutely class act move out of, out of Pat Maroon. All right. That does it for us here today. JT, if you missed any of the show, find it on tsn1050.ca. I'm Mike DeStefano for Julia Tashare. you listening to Leafs Lunch. World Cup coverage continues.